Clink. Well, well, welcome to another night train with Henry and Jeff. So sit back, relax, and travel with us through to the supernatural and beyond. Join us for cocktails and conversation. Jeff, I want to tell our listeners out there a little story about our weekend, what we did, and what did you see? Oh, uh, going up to Colonial Williamsburg was really neat because I've only seen it during the day, but since we took the ghost tour, it was really neat to see it at night and to see the streets lit up and everything, and uh, I'll probably be posting some of the pictures that I have on our um, Facebook page. I mean, it, it wasn't many, and it was kind of rainy, and uh, the tour guide was... She didn't sound very, uh, she wasn't very loud, so it was really hard for me to hear anything, so I just kind of, and I don't know, just kind of drowned it out while I was just looking at the whole area. I mean, may, maybe you and Paige heard more than I did. And uh, Well, the tour was good, but yeah. why don't you tell everybody out there what you saw? Jeff's got his cherry busted. He saw his first ghost. <laughs> yeah, there was something running around out there, and I'll tell you what... <laughs> I was like, hey, look, over there, what was that? And, you know, nobody else saw it except for me, but I tell you what, it was a it was a figure that just ran across the yard real fast, and this is like when we were, it was just us, and the uh, the group wasn't um, with us, but uh, yeah, I did see something, and uh, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty, pretty wild. So I don't know what the heck that was, but um, I wish I could have, I was fast enough on the camera to catch it, but I wasn't. I'll tell you the truth. William and Mary also had their college graduation. We heard some music. And we, we, I definitely wanted to crash one of their parties. Oh, yeah. They were having, <laughs> they were having a good old time. But uh, I'd also like to say that it's well worth the tour. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just because... It's it's rare that you can um, you know be there at night to watch to see everything and um, you know that you know of course it's usually people walking all over the place and they got <clears throat> they got the horse drawn uh, carriages and you know kind of like a um, you know a touristy kind of thing but at night it was just it was just really nice to be with the group and uh, to to see everything in, in the night with. Uh, you know, minimum uh, light. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I recommend the Colonial Ghost Tours for um, for anybody in our in our area or if anyone is in the area of, of uh, Virginia. It's very good. It's just um, that night it was kind of raining a bit and kind of uh, dampened the uh the tour bit but um it was still it was still kind of uh really interesting very neat even with the rain with the rain and we all jeff you bought a new hat and Paige got an umbrella not Wait. just a hat i got a stetson Ooh, yeah i got my first old man hat but it's a it's a quality hat I and mean, stetsons are you know they've been around for a long time i wore my moth-eating ball cap <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, tonight, we're, kids, we're going to be talking about the Battle of Cold Harbor. That is located in Mechanicsville in the county of Hanover, Virginia. Now, this battle took place 
May 31st through June 12th in 1864. And believe you and me, it is a really haunted place. There have been signs, there's been full body apparitions. There's been the fog, the cold spots, shadow people showing up in these residential communities. I actually heard firsthand account of one boy was telling me last night where he was living in his subdivisions not too far from the battlefield that he remembers hearing sounds like an infantry troop marching by where you ever hear of a group of soldiers walking we are not the most stealth and quiet we sound like garbage trucks marching garbage trucks yeah <coughs> I mean just a uh, just a company sounds like that you know with um because you know i remember back in the army just walking down the street um in germany um patrolling around that you know when we were patrolling or like on patrol because at that time it was uh east germany and west germany and, and uh, we were kind of like on border patrol and we'd walk through the town and you can definitely tell when um you know there's a, a, just a company of soldiers walking down the uh, street. Absolutely. Well, to give you a little of back history, General Lee's Confederate Army repulsed and outmaneuvered Grant's army at the Battle of Cold Harbor in a blood bath in a bloodbath that actually lasted over two weeks. The cost is estimated between ten to 13,000 total casualties in the span of 12 days. Whew. Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of... I mean, that's almost like World War I casualties. Well, yeah, I mean, they were both... They were entrenched. Yeah. Soldiers on both sides were... For, this is what really got to me. I did some research on it. Soldiers on both sides were forced to entrench near the bones of men who had fallen in the Battle of Gaines Mill. That was a battle that took place two years prior in the same area. Oh, okay. So that's why there were so many bones there still. Exactly. Man, that's creepy. That would freak me out, especially if you're going into battle again and you got to see the... Uh, Remains of a, a war, uh, well, a battle before that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the typical Civil War. Hurry up, get out there, and then wait. And, of course, the supplies absolutely sucked. There, there was no food, water, medical supplies. Delirium took over on both sides. Dehydration and hunger. Yeah, I think that's one thing... Um that killed more um, soldiers than just, you know, battle, battle death. What, starvation? I mean, just uh, lack of water and yeah. lack of food and, you know, uh, the insects and everything. That is kind of a morale booster. Yeah. Buster. Yeah. Well, anyway. 158 years have now passed since the guns have grown silent on that battlefield on June 12th. History states that it was the last major skirmish of the 
Civil War and was considered a disproportionate bloodbath for Grant's Union Army. Big loss, big loss. You know what, Jeff? I have a problem with that word skirmish. I mean, you're talking about 2,000 men died in the first 10 minutes of the charge. Mm-hmm. You call that a skirmish? No, that is a goddamn battle. That's a slaughter. Especially if you're a, you know, you're an officer and you see that many of, of your men die like that? Yeah, no. I mean, that's just horrible. Do you know what Webster's Dictionary defines a skirmish? A minor fight in a war usually incidental to the larger movements. Yeah, that wasn't that. No. i tell you the truth. Honestly, I found out. I started reading some of Grant's memoirs, and they talk about one of the reports that he sent to the War Department. He actually had to downplay the casualties. Hmm. In truth, the Union suffered 7,000 during the initial 10 minutes charge when Grant halted the attack. Well, yeah, I imagine he'd have to, otherwise he'd lose even more. In his own comments, I regret this assault more than any one I have ever ordered. Yeah, who wants that underneath their, underneath their hat? All the men dying like that, getting just wasted. Because I think um, the big thing was is that the, um, you know, the Confederates were well dug in. And so, you know, they had the advantage. And it almost seems like, you know, the Union was a little bit kind of arrogant and going into that battle. So... Well, they were trying to take Richmond. Yeah. Grant was the last hope, I think, that Lincoln actually had. Mm-hmm. So how many generals did he go through before him? Oh, plenty. I mean, of course, some died and some were just, you know, they didn't. Incompetent. Yeah. So, I mean, because I think during the, the Spanish-American War, a lot of them might have been generals from there and they might have been in the South. Yeah. So I know that General Wheeler was in the Spanish-American War. Yeah. And he was very excited to have a horse shot out from underneath him again. <laughs> well, then you got that. Well, the one thing is, let's talk about the spirits that are still roaming around there. There's actually soldiers, you know, reenactors will go out there, and there's been stories where people be walking the trails. They think they're saying reenactors, but they're not. It's like these spirits are stuck in this constant loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and imagine, you know, um, especially the ones that died there in the first battle. Mm-hmm. So, and they're, they're probably, you know, still, their spirits are still trapped around that area, too. And then you got the second battle, of course, that was we're talking about yeah when i was talking to a resident that lives up there and he was saying that you could still smell gunpowder hmm and gunpowder has a very distinct smell and then the horses are clopping and then they hear the phantom gunfire mm-hmm. or phantom cannon fire i don't know if i'd be freaked out about that or i'd be like man that's really cool well they said it's prevalent around one o'clock seems to be the witching hour hmm. one in the morning I wonder why that is. I don't know. Just past, you know, the beginning of the new day. 
at midnight. But before, remember when we were talking about what the hell the difference of a shadow person is or an orb? Mm-hmm. They're all out there. Yeah, because, I mean, orb is obviously, it's, you know, it's kind of self-described. It's like a uh, a ball that's flight, flown around in the air. And uh, a shadow person is obviously someone, well, like maybe what I saw in on Colonial Williamsburg is just like, like a human shape, but, you know, dark and uh, either walks or runs around or something like that. And you just catch it out of the, the corner of your eye. Yeah. But I mean, remember when that woman was talking about the ghost story where they had that union officer sitting in her parlor reading a book? Ah. Mm-hmm. That is, I, that can't be a... That's got to be just like a, um apparition then. It's got to be an apparition. Yeah. Obviously not an orb. Or a shadow person. No. So, I mean, there's... Three different kind of uh, maybe spirits that um, you know we can see if if it just does happen to us in a, in a certain place that might be haunted or has a has a uh, a violent past. Do you know what we got to talk about is the Garthright House? Okay. I was always interested in this. Basically, this home was owned by Miles Garthright. He was a Confederate soldier serving with the uh, Grand Army of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. His home was taken over by the Union troops. It was converted into a makeshift field hospital. His wife was frantic. She hid in the cellar. Think about the sounds. You're down in the cellar. And you got all these boots rustling up above you. The sound of them. And then the screams of the wounded. And you have all the amputations taking part. Yeah, there were big amputations without um, any kind of uh, any way to, to kill the pain. I mean, it's just like, you know, if your leg, half your leg is blown off or your arm or something. It's still got to, you know, the rest you got to cut off. Otherwise, you're going to have gangrene. Absolutely. But the one the point that I was getting to is they were saying that the blood was running so deep, it was going through the floorboards mm. down into the cellar. Can you just imagine being so frantic and so nervous, and that's all you got to all you got to look at is blood. Yeah, and she probably only had a lamp, so that made it even more creepier. But <coughs> there was a place in um, North Carolina in Smithfield that it was a a house for the uh, the Confederates. And I remember that um, when uh, we went to visit it, that <clears throat> it, the floors on on the um, in the house was just so you know covered in blood that the doctors were slipping around in it, and also that um, you know there were so many uh, amputations that they didn't have any place to to put the limbs, but just throw them out the window. Mm-hmm. And and can you just imagine? The hot south, especially in June, with all yeah. the bugs and the mosquitoes and the flies, and it's like, oh, jeez. No, well, the one thing about this, the, the Guthrie house is besides the horrible thing, 100 men died in that house during the war. Mm. And they were buried in the cemetery across on their front lawn. Oof. 
But the ghost that actually appears is of a little girl dressed in white with a bonnet. Legend has it that she fell out of the top window on the second floor. But now, uh, that little girl, was that, uh, that little, did she live there when she was a human? Yep. Is that uh, the daughter of... Uh... I'm thinking so. I don't know. Yeah. And what I was curious about, though, is they were saying they've seen her playing and skipping in circles on the front lawn mm-hmm. or running back and forth. Or she could be seen in the window wearing a white bonnet and a dress. Jeez, you'd think a little girl like that would be running around screaming because seeing all that death and dismemberment and blood and guts. Well, I don't know. I mean, all I know is that she seems to be the most prominent spirit in that house. Well, she's a young one, and they got, you know, pretty strong spirits from what I understand. Pretty creepy ones, too. I I think I'd be freaked out more of a, a child ghost than a human ghost. Or apparition, you know. But the one thing is, I don't know if you know about this, is across from their house is the, is the Cold Harbor National Cemetery. And it's said that that little precocious ghost, mm-hmm. her demeanor changes from happiness to sadness the closer she gets to the cemetery. I could see that. Uh, I could understand that, actually. And then it goes in her, it's like total despair. Do they have a name for that little girl? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm. And then... Um, Might be a place that we have to go visit to find out all this stuff. I think so. Canucksville's... It's... It's a very strange place. It's almost like... Um, it seems just kind of disturbed because I've been there for different business reasons. And... Um, Ah, I don't know. The people down there are just not... Up there. It's happy. They're not happy? No. And it's just like a... You know, just kind of like a place that... People just do business in, but they're not really happy. And I don't know. Maybe there's just like a presence over the whole town because of the uh, battlefield. I don't know, you know, as far as where the battlefield is, you know... Compared to the business districts, but the business districts districts are not that big. Well, I don't know anything about that, but that is something we worth that is worth looking into. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, in that veteran cemetery that's across from the house, the Guthrie House, there are over two thousand Union soldiers buried there. Mm. Out of those two thousand, thirteen hundred of them are in unmarked graves, unknown. Some of them are like, they're a little bit more of a mass grave. Yeah. And then you got to figure that's probably, you know, with a battle before that, with all the skeletons and everything there that that, that never got uh, buried, that's got to be even, you know, even more. So, I mean... Well, there was that one picture of that black gentleman that was standing in front of all those bones on a stretcher. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty... That's a disturbing photograph. So there's got to be more... There might be even more dead that they'd even recognize, but, I mean, you know, back in them days... I don't know, guy. It just seems... Think about it. 
I mean, you and I were both served in the military. And I think going off to war and being forgotten scares me more than anything else. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean... Well, that and, uh, you know, you you just don't want to think that your buddies are going to leave you in some... Ditch. Ditch or something and just, you know... No, well, I was reading... Keep on fighting, but, I mean, I guess maybe battle was a little bit different. Well, obviously, a lot different back then than now because we wouldn't... We wouldn't leave our buddies, you know, just dying in a ditch someplace. No, we do everything we can to save them. Yeah. But I remember I read in one of the stories was there was a Union soldier who kept a diary. Mm-hmm. And I think it said June 7th, today I die. Hmm. Like he predicted that, it or? No, it was, he, he was wounded and he was just oh, waiting okay. to die. Man, that's sad. Especially if you, you know, you couldn't, um, I don't know, just give your last will and testimony to a, a, a pastor, preacher, or, you know, whatever, or even in your, in t- to your, uh, your brother in arms, you know. But, I mean, maybe somebody gave him a pencil and a pen to, to, to write that down. No, he had a diary. Okay. I know a lot of them kept diaries. Yeah. Basically, I tried to keep one overseas, too. It was like, today it rained, it sucked. Mm-hmm. Had an MRE that I've had like six times before. Yeah, when I was in in the Army, I, I never really did something like that. I don't know why. Because it would be interesting to read. I mean, I got my memories and stuff, or what, what I can remember anyways. Yeah, I know. What was going on during the... Uh, during the Cold War, and then when the Gulf War came, you know, and then after the Gulf War, I got out, but, so. <clears throat> Where were you during the Gulf War? Uh, I went from Fort Lewis to, uh, to Fort Hood, Texas, and, uh, I went there as a, uh, regular, uh, Army guy to, to uh, train the, uh, well, not train, but I guess basically to, to babysit the uh, National Guard in the, uh, over there in Texas because they had Bradleys and they needed technicians to, uh, you know, to fix and train them on the, on fixing the, the uh, firing systems of Bradleys. I was in the infantry. And I hated it. Yeah. Well, here's it's a noble, it's a noble um, MOS. Well, here's to our service. Here's to our service, especially with Memorial Day coming up, and the the good men and women that uh, gave up their lives to keep this uh, country free and um, we respect and. Yep, uh, and they gave us the right to do this podcast. Oh yeah, and. Um, Oh, you were talking about uh, handing out poppies, and that's something that people don't do anymore, I don't think, or even know what the heck a poppy is for. You know, that is a good thing. I mean, um, I've been handing out poppies for a couple of years now. I belong to an American Legion post here in, in Chesterfield County. And every year, 
twice a year, we go out at Veterans Day and Memorial Day. We hand out poppies. Now, and what we do is we take donations, and basically what that does yeah. is that helps support the veterans mm-hmm. who are in need. And there's a lot of them out there. Oh, yeah. And their families. But I've actually had a young a man who's probably the same age as I am, had kids, came out and goes, what's this for? Wow. And I was like, what did you come out? What rock did you come out from underneath? Did you ever watch the History Channel? Did you ever watch a war movie? Did anybody ever explain Americanism to you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, guy. It just That gets my goat. I understand. Yeah. You know, honestly, there was a great woman. Her name is Paige, and she told me you can't fix stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know the comedian that she got that from, too. Good old Texas comedian. Really? Yeah. Um, what's that guy that... that Lon Huh? Lon White? Yeah. Mr. White. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I mean, it's true, though. But, um, I mean... Right now, we haven't gone into, especially under the last administration, we haven't gone to a, to a war. So hopefully we won't have to be going into a, a war that's coming up. Well, we just came out of a really long one. Yeah. Well, but I, I mean, to, to all the men and women that, that lost their lives in, in the wars that were, uh, you know, ever, ever since, you know, the beginning of our country to, to now... I mean, our uh, our military is voluntary, so you got to voluntarily give up your life. And I knew that, and you knew that mm-hmm. when we signed up. So basically, we signed a blank check. Mm-hmm. And um, the youngest people to uh, write their wills. So. Yep. I guess this is the the end for now. We'll uh, try to expand our... um... What are y'all doing next week? We are going to go and discuss Magnolia Grange, one of the infamous haunted houses here in Chesterfield County. Should be interesting. I've never been to there. Well, well, goddammit, we're going. (laughs) Yes, sir. We can do that. Hell or high water. Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, thank you all for listening to our uh, second podcast. We appreciate uh, everyone that does listen, and uh, we appreciate if anybody else wants to listen to us babble on about all this stuff. And I know we got a little off track, but hey, that's part of being on the night train. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you can either be on the track with the train or be off the track and... Crash in the woods. Jeff, I want to thank you again for the Seagrams and Seven. The Seven and Seven, again, is a superb cocktail. Cheers. And thank you, Paige, for all your help.